for another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Saul Bookman, Gerald Borgay, and Espo. And gentlemen, surprise, surprise, we have a lot to talk about today. Don't you just love waking up to chaotic Suns news? No! <laughs> I'm so tired of it. Can we not live here anymore? I mean, it seems like it is just becoming the norm for us these days. Hopefully, by the start of next season, that will all have calmed down. But until then, we've got stuff to talk about. The question of the day is who's actually pulling the strings when it comes to the Phoenix Suns and this team? Brian Winhorst of ESPN shared an article today that gave us a little more insight into the front office of the Phoenix Suns. Baxter Holmes had tweeted this out, said, Friend of the program. <laughs> As uh, Winhorse notes here, Robert Sarver still has to give the Suns personal sign-off on any deal for a player with a salary that is more than the current, quote, average player salary, multiple league sources tell ESPN. Within the article, it does mention what that number is, which I believe is $10.8 million. And then, obviously, Jay Crowder is at $10.2 but it seems like there might be a little wiggle room on what is considered the average per his standards. Look, he's going to have to basically approve anything that they uh, that they agree on is what it feels like at this point. Because if you have multiple players, you're going over a 10 million threshold, right? And uh, this is this sounds like a backdoor way of him still holding all the control despite being suspended uh, by the league. And quite frankly, the fact that the league allowed this to be written in the agreement is is quite frustrating, but they did it pre-knowing that he was going to sell the team. There has to be some recourse, I would think, to put some pressure on allowing trades to happen uh, for Matt Ishbia, who's coming in to this, because you could cause a real big problem for your new owner uh, just by sitting on your hands and doing nothing. Yeah, if, if this reporting is true, the Suns are basically screwed because the article confirms two things. One, that any Jay Crowder trade is going to have to meet Sarver's approval, which he has no incentive to improve, approve a trade that will help the team improve. And B, it notes in the article that the sale isn't expected to be finalized, the approval process for Matt Ishby until after the trade deadline, yep. at which point you're sitting on Jay Crowder's contract still and expiring and a guy who's not playing for you not to mention the other expiring contracts that they have on this roster that they should move if they're not planning on re-signing them over the summer. So this is pretty disastrous news, low-key, if, if this is the case, because we've been talking a lot about how this team needs to get healthy, but they also still need to make a move. If you take that component away, I, I this team has like a 0.5% chance of winning a title this year, and that is not maximizing what little title window you have but left. if you're if you're the league and i get it the other owners aren't incentivized to help the suns win no but they also want to put their new partner because in the end owners are a partnership they're one one thirtieth of of the power in the league you want to put your new partner in a position to succeed i almost feel like they should expedite the approval process but they won't i know they won't I, I wonder how um, Baxter and Windhorse are getting this information. Mm. So I kind of feel like. We got sources, I kind of feel like James Jones is like, listen. No, 
This is what's going on. <laughs> no, because yeah, my hands are tied. I can't do anything because this guy's going to constantly be in the way. I mean, low key, it could be some of the my own minority owners who are sticking around who are maybe frustrated with the situation. Mm-hmm. I would put my money on them before I would James Jones. I put my personally. money on them or the league because what they're talking about is the actual document that was agreed upon. Mm-hmm. when he was suspended in what he still could be involved in and have control in. So uh, I don't think James Jones is is leaking that. I think it's probably some of these minority owners that realize their investment is being hurt in the short term by the short-sightedness of letting him still control mm-hmm. that aspect of things. I also find it very interesting that the NBA would even allow this to be a thing Um, I understand like within that piece, it even said, um, I think it was Sam Garvin who had mentioned like, oh, if it's a $150 million move, then yeah, I need to bring that to Robert Sarver. Okay, cool. But we're talking like 30 to 50 if we add in J plus an extra and maybe another extra. Like we're not talking $150 million max player move right now. We're talking how can we package J with one or two additional guys to get something substantial back? If Robert has to sign off on what that to me, that's like a normal everyday kind of move. Yeah. That's not like a game-changing type of move, in my opinion. It's which, solid, but it's not like we're trading Devin Booker. Yeah, which proves that Sam Garvin lied when he was talking with Dwayne Rankin. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to tell you that it wasn't that, but that's what it was. He said, unless we're acquiring a max player, I have approval to to say that. James Jones has autonomy. That's all bullshit based yeah. on the reporting today. Right. He described it as extraordinary circumstances or an extraordinary move. Um, And James Jones told us as much a few weeks back when we talked to him. He was saying he's in full control. This is obviously just lip service. Their hands or mouths are tied, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm not trying to let James Jones completely off the hook and say, oh, this is all just Sarver tying his hands behind his back. But at the same time, like... If there is a guy that it has to go through, we're not going to get a deal done before the deadline. We're just not. I mean, nothing would surprise me about about Bobby Sarves. Mm -mm. Just there's nothing, nothing that would surprise me about that guy at all. Like he's petty. He's Mm -hmm. probably going to hold this this franchise hostage until the day he finally uh, gets removed officially. Like, and so with that being said, like there's so listen. What I will say is is that there are so many question marks about the process of this entire ordeal when it comes to trades and player movement that it's basically going to give James Jones an out just in case like it just is by nature of what uh this whole uh this whole structure is it gives him an out for from when when Sarver was suspended till the trade deadline it does not give him a an excuse for not preparing this roster in the off season for what was coming and thinking that, you know, in, in part that, you know, internal growth was enough to put them back in a championship conversation. He's not, he's not, you know, relieved of, of that. Just, you know, if this is true from middle of October until, until the trade or middle of September till the trade deadline. Okay. So he couldn't trade Jay Crowder's hands were tied there. But I don't think he's absolved of everything. No, and I, but I think that goes back to they put all their eggs in the Kevin Durant basket. When that didn't happen, they had no that way out of it. They had, like the, It was signed, sealed, delivered at that point. And I think they were planning on maybe revisiting that 
if the Nets were a dumpster fire and now they've won what 12, <laughs> 12 fucking games row. in a row, yeah. whatever it is. So you can yeah. say goodbye to that one. Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's not going anywhere. He's playing at an all-star level. So you're really left, even if the ownership situation had been a lot smoother, you're not really left with a ton of options other than like we've talked about some of these middle of the road moves that, you know, improve your ceiling a little bit, but they don't raise it like a superstar does. I'm, I'm just going to play devil's advocate on this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I agree. Like, he's not absolved of what he the lack of moves that he made in the offseason for sure. Like, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, like, he, <laughs> they won 64 games. And listen, you know, our guy Gerald even said the same thing. Like, you don't blow up a team that won 64 games a year before. Um, yeah, they could have made one or two moves, but at the same time, you know, like, you know, the, the, you can't dis, dismiss the, the trust maybe that he could have in terms of thinking that, hey, you know, if, if everybody's healthy, if Chris Paul legitimately was hurt or had COVID in that seven game series, maybe things are different if he's not. Um, and let's just run it back and see how it goes. Uh, and, you know, I think that was a mistake for sure. <laughs> you didn't expect, you know, you don't expect Devin Booker to miss as many games as he did. Mm-hmm. You don't expect Cam Johnson to miss as many games as he did, even though he has missed several games before. It's just, you know, it, these things happen. And listen, it's happened to the whole rest of the league as well. And when it's happened to the rest of the league, those teams have faltered as well. Like it has not gone great for them. Um, unless you have two dynamic superstars. And I think what's happened right now is that Chris Paul is no longer a superstar um, by by his own standards and the performance that he's given us the previous two seasons. And because of that drop-off and because of Devin Booker not being healthy right now and, and for you know the last couple games and because of Cam Johnson being injured and other guys missing time to time, everything has just been a confluence of bad events. And that's just where we're at. Let, let me... Let's play a little thought experiment. If this is James Jones leaking this and it's not necessarily true, doesn't that put him in bad standing with Matt Ishbia when he gets in here? Because Ishbia is going to know what the agreement was, whether Sarver could veto or not. And if if this is some ploy to to absolve James Jones of whatever does or doesn't happen, I think that just puts him in a bad light with his new boss. I don't see any benefit for James Jones to be the guy well, – on that. I will. I will play. I will, I will counter your thought experiment with another thought experiment. Angels advocate. Uh, I mean, one of the one of the things that that James Jones could be like is like, listen, what? Look at all the shit that I did, despite the fact that this guy was in my way the whole time. Like, you know, he was able to convince Chris Paul to to want to come here and make moves to be able to get him here. Um, and in in addition to uh, you know getting Drake Crowder signed in a deal when he did, and all these other things, right? So, I listen. I, I don't think. N- in a situation like this, I don't think it's always a squeaky clean break either way. I think there's a little bit of of a, a variety in terms of who's really responsible for what. Um, and at the end of the day, yeah, it's on paper. But, you know, even on paper, if, if Robert Sarver was like, yeah, you can make all the moves you want. No big deal. And then when, you know, it came to putting pen to paper, he was like, nah, I'm good. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah, and I, and I don't think there would be any incentive for Jones to leak this if it wasn't true. If it's coming from somewhere else, that makes sense. But if Jones is leaking it and it's not true and he's just trying to cover his ass for not being able to get yeah. a deal done, yeah. that, that'll come out. That'll I come would out. Yeah. like to think that Brian Windhorse and the folks over at ESPN would have at least gotten multiple sources. I'd right? like to think yeah, so. Would I would so. like but to But we've think... seen this story before with that. 
particular outlet. True, but I trust Windhorse and I trust Baxter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Th- those yeah. two specifically, I say. I I'm just going to throw this out there. I trust Brian them. Windhorse has great relationships with Cleveland players. James oh, Jones oh being boy. included. Here we go. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, are you putting on the tinfoil hat today, Scrolls? That's what happening here. So, my, my thinking on this that's so crazy to me is that, like, if you're Robert Sarver and operating under the idea that this is all completely true, right? How, like, how, oh, I don't, petty isn't even the word. I don't know what word to use because it's beyond petty, <laughs> to be so angry that you would screw over an entire community, um, new ownership, after you just got paid billions of dollars, literally, mm. and Devin Booker, who's been there by your side through the thick of it, yeah. just because you're upset? Yeah, you- because what he's upset about is he got caught in what he was doing was unwilling to accept it, and then was forced to to sell this team, which in reality, that's what's happened here. He's not doing this out of the goodness of his heart. No, He I realizes get that. he's a pariah, and he hates the fact that everybody has turned him into that. So what he would do is stick it to anybody he could in that situation. I mean, I have no doubt that that would go through his mind. To me, it's like, I've agreed to sell you my car. We're meeting up tomorrow. And I decide it's time to go see how fast this bad boy goes on the freeway (laughs) and drive it recklessly because I don't give a shit anymore. It's not going to be mine as of tomorrow. It's it's a two-year-old toddler being kicking and screaming let out of the toy aisle. Like, that's exactly (laughs) what it is. He's... He's a child and he's had his plaything taken away that he took advantage of. And... Yeah, of course he's going to get one last indignance in there. Of course he's going to give us the middle finger one last time if he can because he didn't want this to happen. He fought kicking and screaming against the fact that his team was even going to be sold. He refuted everything that was he's in the never report. truly apologized. Despite hundreds of people coming forward. <laughs> like, he's a fucking man-child. I've got the solution, though. You just want to hear? Hmm. Sure. You trade Jay Crowder for Grayson Allen and save Sarver $2 million. (laughs) Please. No, that's the worst. This is the worst timeline. I don't know. I would, I guess I'm wishful thinking of course, but I would just like to think that Sarver would at least do a solid for his guy book. You know what I mean? I would like to think that that relationship would at least hold a little bit of weight in the decision making process to not completely screw him over. Did book do anything to help him save his franchise? Like what could have it? Devin done? Could have come out Devin and said, done? "I don't, I don't believe it." Like Devin I don't think said, he would. Devin but... did come out and say, "That's not the server I know." Yeah, so I he know. didn't. In, not... He didn't exactly defend him, but he also didn't throw him under the bus either. Lindsay, I'm just going to say this: We've been in those walls. We know that's not the way it operates. It, he's not going to go. You know what? I like that one guy. I'm going to be altruistic and do the right thing by him. No. He's yeah. going to do the right thing by uh, Robert Himself. Sarver. That's the only that's the only barometer that matters to him uh, and and his bottom line. So if this is going to cost him more, even if it's for an extra two weeks, he's going to say, hell no. It's just annoying because like Frank said in the chat, Sarver's a billionaire now. Like, bro, just take all your coins and go hide under he's a rock. He's been a billionaire, though. But like he's a bigger billionaire then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you don't become a billionaire by doing nice things by other people. Yeah. He's less of a billionaire on paper and more of a billionaire in real life. 
I thought you were going to say it in this heart. <laughs> no. And it shrunk three sizes this Christmas. No, because there's a different difference Don't in owning an asset that is be worth a billion dollars and then somebody actually paying you a billion dollars for said asset. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I, he's worth multiple billion dollars and yeah. now it's just another three or four added to the coup. I don't so think he cares. So now take that and go buy yourself a boat. And I, I think boat. he could have bought a boat before. I don't he, think he cares. He owns a super yacht. You know what, he doesn't insert, care. You know what here? Yeah. <laughs> the league. Okay. Adam Silver, <laughs> I mean, it comes down to this. Adam Silver needs to step in, look at what the agreement in principle with Matt Ishbia is. If it's solid and the only way, like we talked about earlier off show, the only way that Ishbia can back out is if the league deems that he's not worthy of being an owner, then they should say Ishbia gets control of the decisions when it comes to trade deadline stuff because he's, he's purchasing this. It's going to be his, and it's going to be his decisions. I mean, yeah, but legally he can't. Yes, they can. Legally, legally they gave Sarver still the right to to do this. Where I, I it's the because league. they're still going through the do, investigation yeah. process. You, so you're not going to give somebody, uh, you know, the right to be able to make moves despite the fact that they haven't completely finished the deal. Like they know that happen. he's going to be the owner. And if you don't think that the NBA and any of these sports leagues aren't run like the mob where they can do whatever they want <laughs> when they want, you are kidding yourselves. Well, if sure. the league okay. wants sure. to but do again, that, the league can do it. You're talking about a very petty individual in, in Robert Sarver who I could easily see taking the NBA to court just to say because – like you, 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 you stop me from being able to do X, Y, and Z, even though legally and through the the letter of the law on paper, it shouldn't have been that way. That, like that's that's his right to do that. Then and Adam Silver needs to call an emergency meeting of the board of governors right in the next three weeks before the deadline and say we're pushing this through so we don't handcuff a new partner in this and and yeah. do that make it happen sooner rather than later because this guy should not still be able to dictate anything about one of your franchises on unfortunately the way i think that right. i have a better chance of being the new head coach of the phoenix suns before that ever happens okay well what about if it's not a passing of decision making to the potential new owner but put it in the hands of the league right we've seen that before where the league has stepped in and essentially managed in the interim mm -hmm. period of whether it's a sale or something else is going on within a franchise, why not do that instead? Why not remove any sour grapes that Robert Sarver could be hanging on to and allow the league to be the one who's like, okay, as long as it's a legal move and it doesn't feel like James Jones is trying to do something crazy, allow them to operate within that. That would be a little bit more feasible. But you know, I mean, obviously, like we've seen this in this valley before, Coyotes, um, where the the league will just take control of of the the, the team and then uh, allow them to make the moves that they need to make. Obviously, within the constraints of of what the league thinks would be uh, permissible. I mean, HP is only buying sixty percent, which I believe some of the minority owners. And my guess is it's probably Najafi. I don't know. I haven't been able to get any confirmation on who's staying, but. Why wouldn't you hand over the decision-making to one of them who's already part of the franchise, who will be remaining as part of the franchise, and say you're the best steward to make this decision at this time because you have a say in it now and you're going to have a say in it 
in the future. That may be the the legal recourse there, but even that would probably get sued. I just it's a shitty situation. It is. I, I don't understand why they gave him that loophole in the first place. If they're taking his franchise away from him, it's not a right to own an NBA team. And if he's selling the team, then he should not have any involvement with what the team is doing moving forward. Um, it's a shitty bureaucratic process that we're having to go through right now as far as waiting for the new owner to be approved before he can even do anything. I, I agree with Lindsay. I feel like putting it in the league's hands would make sense. We've seen them do that before. Uh, when the NBA was operating in the Hornets' stead, they shut down a trade that would have sent Chris Paul to the Lakers because it wouldn't have been in the Hornets' best interest as a franchise. Like I, I, I know that these are different situations, but it feels like something similar would make sense here. Um, and so it's regrettable that they even gave him that mm-hmm. ability right now. It's but like it's- escrow. Put all your coins in a middleman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. And But in your situation, the reason they did this was because they were going to give it to Sam Garvin to make the decisions. And you know Robert Sarver would have been making those decisions anyways. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. This is this is frustrating. Um, is there any – we have uh, somebody in the chat who says they are highly skeptical about this report. Do you guys have any I think he was making a joke because he was trying to make a transition into OGs. No, because I feel like even further up there were comments. Joel oh. was saying he didn't really think this was I a mean, thing. Are you guys skeptical at all about this? Do you feel like it would be I would be up? skeptical if I didn't know the man that Sarver is and have read all these things about him and heard all these things about him behind the scenes. Like it just makes sense that he would be this petty on his way out. And like, so says Jay in the chats suggested, I bet they gave him the loophole in order to get him to sell. That's entirely feasible. Um, but no, I'm not, I'm not as skeptical of one of the most esteemed NBA writers and reporters in the industry. Sorry, I laughed at Frank's comment in the chat. It says, why wasn't Matt pre-approved? <laughs> well, to be fair, wasn't he kind of? Because wasn't he involved in the process of trying to buy another NBA team? He did submit his application and got Shouldn't that count for something? But he, for up to $4 billion. <laughs> I'm the, just saying. No, the pre-approval was for one and a half. So he doesn't quite have enough on the pre-approval. No, but he, they, he had been rumored to have been talking to the Bucks about buying uh, ownership stake in them. The reports are the NBA knows him, including Adam Silver. They like him. But I guess in the end, this is lawyers having to jump through the legal loopholes that are required so you ensure you don't wind up with the second coming of the disgraced future former owner, you know? Yeah. Uh, We do have a super chat, Saul. This is all you. Last time Psycho Blue sent us one, I tried my best to do it justice, but you are back now. So this one's all you. Oh, okay. B-Ball Living Tribunal says. What? <laughs> we, need, we need old English. I haven't even gotten to the quote yet. <laughs> Interrupt my process, sir. You're new to this game. All right. B-Ball Living Tribunal says. Rejoice. St. Sava has ensured the seal will never be broken. <laughs> Reality is safe. <laughs> there we go. Oh, my gosh. I think this might be my new favorite thing that we've got going on on this show. Psycho Blue setting a super chat. and Look at me. That's gross. Remember Saul? last year when I wouldn't do a, a voiceover because I couldn't figure out how? Because <laughs> it was the most ridiculous. What was that voice? Ad read roulette. Yeah. 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 The worst ad read roulette ever. <laughs> I remember that. I miss Adrian. 
Oh, we man. should bring that back. Hey, man, <laughs> take some OGs. Bro. Bro. Uh, um, yeah, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all right. uh, also, by the way, I just want to address something real quick, okay? Okay. Everybody in the chat talking about, oh, would we tank after the, the trade deadline of X, Y, and Z? Listen, even if we lost every single game for the rest of the year, which is highly unlikely, we still wouldn't get Wimbiyama. No. We, it just wouldn't happen. We were we will not get the number one pick. Because we are cursed. It's not happening. <laughs> Wimbiyama is for sure gonna be a Laker. Somehow, some way. Oh man. That's no. just our luck. He, he no, can't he can't be. be. He's a no, Pelican. No, no, no. Somehow, some way, <laughs> some miracle trade will happen where they all of a sudden get the number one overall pick. That's just oh, the Laker man. way. It's the most yeah, the the league's gonna go. Hey, that deal you made three years ago, we're we're rescinding it because of basketball reasons. You get the first pick, Anthony Davis. You're back in in New Orleans. Yeah, that that wouldn't work out in our favor for whatever reason. Basketball Cthulhu, who knows? We wouldn't be able to pull off like what the Warriors did. We really need the Lakers to start winning games. By the way. Just yeah, so because if the Pelicans get the Pelicans, one of those dudes. Oh, my gosh. If the Pelicans got the number one overall pick, it's, it's over. over. I don't want to watch basketball anymore. It's over, it's over for don't. the rest of the decade. The Lakers the Lakers are almost into the play, and I think they're 11th mm-hmm. and within shouting distance of 10th. That's and when the Suns fall to 11th, that'll yeah. help. The Lakers. They, they, <laughs> got, the Lakers have the eighth worst record in the league. The Suns have – they're the 16th ranked team in the NBA right now. So I'm – Look, Devin Booker being out for more than four weeks, I'm not going to rule anything out because this team has been bad without him. in your faith. No faith. I have faith in this team when healthy, but I just don't know how much ground they're going to lose between now and then. And I think if Booker takes longer than the four-week reevaluation period, then maybe the decision changes a little bit. I'm not going to rule it out. I'm putting the tinfoil hat on. They looked at the at the Lakers losing. They looked at what New Orleans was going to become, and they said, "Oh no, we're stopping this. We're going to lose to push you into the playoffs." I picture. mean, if there was ever a tinfoil hat conspiracy that should actually happen, it's the rest of the NBA agreeing to lose to the Lakers simply to keep this from happening. Yes, like that's like yes. that's a tinfoil hat conspiracy, and I know it's the Lakers, y'all. I get it. But this specific season and this specific draft, I can get on board with it. Like you take a few L's for the greater good of the entire league here. Okay, so after all of the shenanigans that came out this morning around who's pulling the string for the signs, we also got another tweet. This one is from Stefan Bondi, and they cover the Knicks for the New York Daily News. Tweeted out, ask Chris Paul if he's surprised Carmelo Anthony hasn't signed with an NBA team. To which Chris Paul responded, somebody of that caliber with that ability, with the heart that he has and the stuff he's done for the game, he should be able to walk off the court when he's ready. So is this a uh, is this a sign? <laughs> listen, Are we putting on a tinfoil hat? Carmelo Anthony to the Suns confirmed. I mean, damn. <laughs> we need a we need a score. We need somebody that can shoot the rock a little bit. We could just use a body at this I mean, point. Yeah, Mello would make so much sense right now. This is Chris Paul going, Brian Windhorst just told me James Jones can't do shit. Carmelo's cheap. 
Veteran minimum. <laughs> That's not ten million. You can do that. You're without not even asking. making any trades. Yeah, you know. Now, now the better question. You is, got an open roster spot. Is if we signed Carmelo Anthony, do we do an emergency pot on that? Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> do we? Yes, we. If they do any it's move right time, now, baby. we do. Let's we do go. an emergency pod. Here's my thing yeah. about emergency pods that get on my nerves: is it always always goes off of East Coast time, and it's like, bro. Why do you feel the need to tweet this news out at seven oh. o'clock in the morning? Jeez. Like, yeah, that's tough. I'm already East I've already, Coast time, which is like five our time. Like, bro, let already, people sleep. I've already been up for two hours at that yeah. point, so yeah, let's do it. Yeah, but you're you're different. Just, so. just wait for that four a.m. <laughs> Carmelo's a son tweet tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I, but I, for real, for real, we've joked about this a lot. So for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Would you like this move? I would at this point. I was a- adamantly against it beforehand, but right now, the lack of scoring is absolutely killing you in these games. Like, uh, Mikhail is MIA. DA is MIA every other game. You don't know what you're going to get from him. Um, Chris Paul is not going to score. Uh, so you're basically putting all your hopes on somebody that's going to come in the fourth quarter and give you a bucket and Dwayne do- Washington. That's it. That's all the Suns got right now. You got to give somebody some buckets, and Carmelo can at least get you that. Now he's going to give up buckets on the other end. Like <laughs> Albert like a, says, a who's playing defense if we sign him? The same yeah. people that are playing defense. Nobody's right playing defense. Nobody's now. playing defense now. So <laughs> what are they the same one. Yeah, like shit, man. I, I, okay. Look, he's thirty-eight years old. My expectations would be extremely tempered if they signed him. But he's uh, an able body, and he should get his own shot. <laughs> Championship. I mean, hey, hello. What are we? We're trying to stay at five hundred for January. Like, right? They, so they, the goalposts have moved. Yes, we're not trying to. <laughs> we're not competing for a title right now also, here in January. Also, like, if Chris Paul got got Carmelo in the fold, it would give him juice for like a quarter. Shit. <laughs> but, but, but in all seriousness, if you could put Melo out there to get you a couple buckets, especially if this team is in like a really like stagnant place during a game, that would rejuvenate them a little bit. Sometimes you just need a guy to go out there and put up a flashy little number and it gets you all excited again. I, and then you continue playing basketball the way you should have from the jump. I say this half jokingly, but. Does like a third of this roster even remember Carmelo Anthony, the good Carmelo? Like they were like seven when he was good. Yeah. I mean, listen, Carmelo is one of the best scorers in NBA history, but uh-huh. I've also very, very much felt that Carmelo was one of the most overrated players in NBA history. So rude. You can judge me all you want. How dare you insult our new 13th man? <laughs> Look, I, I'm tell Carmelo, you said could, that when he gets here. Carmelo in game one could drop 30 in the first half and Monty would still bench him the next game. <laughs> I mean euphoria is no, the Monty would just sit there and be like, man, I really wish I had somebody on this bench that could score looking at Dwayne Washington and Carmelo and just be like, nope, not there. Uh, that's and not that's true it. because what would happen is CP3 who I secretly believe is running things, would go, how about you give my boy Carmelo some run? And automatically Monty's getting him off the bench. Like, 
I don't know. I, I think Monty has a great deal of respect for older players. And if Carmelo was one of his guys, we'd see probably too much Carmelo. But oh my God, we probably would. <laughs> 40 minutes a game. Yeah. He becomes a new McCann. Yeah. Devin oh, Booker's no. time drops off. It's like he went from 35 minutes a game down to like 28. You're like, why Why is Devin Booker's uh, usage rate so low? Oh, it's because Carmelo's playing. Oh, oh, man. This is awesome. Melo's feet and joints would just be wrecked by game five. Oh, no. Uh, this is true, Killer Rex. If Melo did come to the Suns, you're basically waving a white flag. Like we, this was our last ditch effort to save this season, and it's not a good one. Didn't we kind of wave that flag almost last night after that game? No. It felt like their play was we, like we might be giving up. Yeah, I, like I was saying earlier today, like every time I I feel like the Suns are on the verge of falling apart, mm. somehow, some way, they kind of bounce back yeah. and. I think that's what we're all hoping for. Uh, yeah. Same thing. It's almost a, it, it. It literally mirrors what Chris Paul is like. Last year, Chris Paul wasn't playing very good at, in some stretches, and you thought, "Oh, is this is this it? Is this Father Time is catching him?" And then all of a sudden, boom! He has like a ten game stretch where he was amazing. I mean, we haven't had that this year, um, and I'm and I'm wondering if we're it's kind of mirroring the same thing where we're hoping that this team's going to bounce back. I hope it's going to happen, but I don't know, and I'm not positive about it. We're we're in a holding pattern on the white flag for the next month until book comes back. That's, That's basically fair. where I'm at. I mean, I, I don't if think he's back in a month. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> like I don't think they're legit waving the white flag. We give up for the no. They're definitely for the full not. season. I think the championship aspirations. You've waved the white flag on that as of right now. The, based on oh, the I think next we month, are. yeah, we yeah, not not yeah. the team. Yeah, my my bad. Yeah, I did mean to say Car, Car, uh, Carmelo, not Lamelo. My bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lamelo gets here. That Lamelo might be gets a little here. More that changes things a little quicker. <laughs> but, but look, there's no easy fix here. There's not some veteran minimum contract you're no. signing. Go. That's the key. That's no. the game changer. You know, like you're, it's a band aid on a gaping wound is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and at least at least Carmelo could score some buckets which you're struggling to do right now i mean you're grasping for straws but i certainly feel like that may have been cp3 signaling i mean maybe i mean i i think he was asked a question and he answered it but the way he answered it always matters so yeah also okay i wonder cp3 doesn't cp3 seem like and you would know this gerald Hmm. does does cp3 ever go hey ask me this and then walk to the podium like what (laughs) No, like, come would on, that surprise you, though? give me something would that surprise you. That would not you, surprise though? you with CP3 at all. No, hey, didn't Melo used to play here? Maybe you should ask me a question about him. I might he have an interesting answer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> all right. If you could put money on Melo becoming a son this season, would you, would you, yes or no? Which one would you take? I'd, I'd put more on it now than I would have two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm gonna put money on yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I need something to give me some juice. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're at like probably plus 300 odds, so I would put money on that. Do sure. you think Why so? Not? Okay. Yeah. Daddy needs the juice. Shane? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we need Shane? you to stay mellow as well. Do you think this would be a good gamble or not? You can shake His your head yes or no. Yeah, okay. He's yes saying no. no. He's saying no. Shane doesn't think this would be a good gamble. I would probably put money on it, though. I don't see how it could be any worse than what it is. But if you guys want to get in on the action and put some money down on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, we highly recommend you check it out. But make sure you sign up with the code PHNX because when you use that code, you can place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details 
What are you laughing at? I Fucking can't. Gilbert. What I did Gilbert say? <laughs> OMG, <laughs> campaign was an ice age. Brother. Oh, man. Oh, shit the sloth. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> We've had this man on our show. That's I love the best him. character oh. of Ice Age, though. Oh, with Sid the Sloth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Sure. Makes the whole movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Well, they're like 1A and 1B for so, sure. The so two says, of them are top notch. So says Jay says, Daddy needs the juice is my new favorite play. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's cool things down. Sit back, relax with some Four Peaks beer. Mm -hmm. Four Peaks beer is fantastic. It is the perfect, like, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this is the time of year that's perfect patio weather for, yeah. for Arizona. Like, yeah. yes, it's a little chilly, but during the day, it's like a nice chill, but you got really harsh mm -hmm. sunlight still. So it's yes. like warm and cold. And it's thanks like the to the sun, it's the perfect drinking time. <laughs> this is fair. <laughs> and the best thing about the Four Peaks Brewery down in Tempe is that they have huge patio space so much outdoor seating mm -hmm. or if you're not into the outdoors you can always sit on the inside as well but you should definitely check them out and they are going to join us at our inaugural phnx tea party Let's they're go. the presenting partner um that's happening out at dobson ranch golf course next friday january 13th at 5 30 p.m and this is your formal invite to come hang out with us we're renting out the entire driving range we're going to have big drive energy out there. Obviously, we're going to be out there. You can hang out with fellow diehards as well. It's a fun night of Suns basketball, golf, food, drinks, contests, prizes, and so much more. We'll have a watch party. So the Suns game will be on multiple TVs out there. We're going to do our show from out there. Four Peaks will be handing out uh, beer samples and swag. So mm -hmm. if you want to come hang out with us, check the link in the description to reserve your spot right now. It is $45 per person, but if you're a diehard, you can get that for $36, and then you can also do foursomes, and diehards get a discount on that as well. Yep, right. come join us. You get you get, you get get little tasty beverages, uh, some samples of Four Peaks in addition to some samples of OGs, unmedicated, because mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> the flavor, I mean, listen, a bag of unmedicated OGs is as good as anything else you're going to get to. It's like better um, than Sour Magic. Yeah, so come out, have a good time with us. It's going to be fun. Uh, and spots are running out, so do it now. I miss the beer advent calendar. Can we get a box that just has 31 spaces in it that we put beer in so I can <laughs> You can make whatever you want. Just put it right on the table day. just so we open one up. I miss it. All yeah. right. We have a couple additional things that we're going to talk about in the show, but there's a few things that have come from the chat that I feel like could be fun to talk about. So sure. let me throw you guys a curveball. Mm -hmm. uh, Laking Ball said, thoughts on Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> 71. Oh, what? What was his name? Laking? <laughs> was that one of those things? You said, I have no uh, clue. You said laking it was balls? at the very top. <laughs> no, just ball. Singular. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 So it's Lance Armstrong. All right. <laughs> Good Lord, you guys. I'm just going to call him Laking or her. Laking said, thoughts on Donovan Mitchell's 71-point game and the Cavs playing the Suns tomorrow. Honestly, like, I, it, it, it's amazing. It's amazing, but I, I honestly haven't gone back to look at it because it was happening right at the same time as mm -hmm. that tragedy out Monday Night Football. And so um, I think what he did was amazing, um, but, uh, you know, true transparency, I have not seen a single highlight from that whole thing yet. 
No, it was really cool. Um, I mean, I, I ha- I've watched the highlights, went through them this morning. It was really impressive. Um, I think it was the most efficient 70-point game in NBA history from a true shooting perspective. So really cool for Mitchell. He's been balling out for the Cavs. Um, I was annoyed by how often Devin Booker somehow was oh looped God. into yep. the conversation because yep. of his 70-point performance. Um and it was also weird that the Bulls fouled at the end there when they didn't need to. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not the person that's going to be like, well, well, we should talk about how it went to overtime or oh, how, you know. I'll be that person. You, I, know, you I know you're going to be that person. But I just can we enjoy the greatness of both 70-point performances? That's that's all I'm really here for. Yes, both were spectacular. Uh, both were were something that will be remembered forever. Mm. But really, it should say 59 points in regulation, 12 <laughs> in overtime, because in the same amount of time Devin scored 70, yeah. Donovan Mitchell had 59. And that's just the reality of it. And I actually had a serious conversation. A buddy of mine texted me and said, should the NBA qualify it like that uh, in terms of when you're looking at points in a game? Because when you're looking at the history books right now, Donovan Mitchell now has the most points since book or since uh, Kobe. Kobe's 81. Mm-hmm. But in reality, he did that in five extra minutes. Then Booker and Kobe did it. It's not the same. It's it's the reason why in analytics you have a per 36 because you're trying to even out to make it make it look you know in the same time frame. So. It's, it's apples to oranges. I mean, great performance by Donovan Mitchell, extremely efficient, one of the best we've seen, but not 70 in regulation. Yeah, I'm okay with qualifying it. Like, I, I think people tra- have tried to qualify Devin Booker's 70 points by mm-hmm. saying it came in a loss when yep. he was playing with a fucking G League roster. Like, these things, you can qualify them. They matter a little bit, but at the end of the day, all anybody is going to remember is 71 um, and I, I just, I, I hate that this now has shifted the conversation to Donovan Mitchell is now better than Devin Booker again, when we've been saying the exact opposite for the last like three years, Would like this, do, this one game doesn't change my opinion either way. Mitchell is having a tremendous borderline MVP caliber okay. season with the Cavs. When Devin Booker was healthy, the Suns were the one seed in the West and he was having a borderline MVP caliber season. Like, I don't understand why we have to keep doing this. I agree. But is it simply because they play each other tomorrow? I mean, it's that, and it's the seventy-one being one point more than seventy, and right? that it came on a foul that didn't need to happen from a yes. guy who played in the game. Devin Booker had seventy, and Derek Jones Jr. There's all sorts of weird connections with it. Yeah, I love how the chat is kind of split on this one. Um, Jay said, "Points in a game, not points on regulation. Give them his flowers, man." Uh, YSK said, "D book seventy was insanely stat padded. Come on, bro." But then, Gerald, to your point, it's like, um, you know, they're just going to remember the 71, regardless Mm -hmm. of what happened. Well, we all thought the same thing about Devin's 70-point game, but that didn't happen. Look, if you're watching Like, if we're talking 30 years down the road, maybe, but I don't even know about that. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, he had 70, but it wasn't a loss. My thing is, if you're watching a game where a player is within striking distance of 50, 60, 70 points per game, and your thing is, oh, he's stat padding, or oh, he's getting to the free throw line a lot, choose a new sport. Find something <laughs> more fucking fun to watch, because you're clearly not entertained by basketball. Like, what are we doing here? 70 points, and you're going to sit here and be like, oh, he was stat padding. If everyone could stat pad like that, I guarantee you they would. <laughs> well, I, you know, I will say this. Overall... His performance, the 71's amazing. 
Uh, he also had 11 assists and eight rebounds, too. He almost had a triple yeah, double. It was, it was an, incredible. Un- unbelievable all-around performance by Donovan Mitchell, and he deserves the respect for that. I mean, that's that almost a triple-double with 70 points is insanity. Mm-hmm. It is. I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Also, Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic, who's, who's on the road right now, asked Mikel Bridges about it, and Mikel said... Hope you don't try that shit next game. I talked to him today. I sent him a lot of IG DMs and a lot of voice memos. Kept telling him, hey, bro, don't try and come get 80 tomorrow. Calm that shit down. <laughs> so maybe Mikel is in his head. <laughs> I, think, I think this is a bad choice because we saw Greg Popovich say that they were going to hold Luca under 50. He guaranteed it. And he said it jokingly. And Luca dropped 51 on him. <laughs> so do not poke Donovan Mitchell to score 80 points tomorrow. Because as we've seen, the Suns defense really ain't there to stop anybody right now. Yeah. Euphoria yeah. <laughs> said 72 turnovers? <laughs> Shit. Too soon. Okay, too soon. Okay, one additional thing that I did want to mention um, is this tweet from Dwayne Rankin again from after the loss against the Knicks, right? So is this something, nothing, or everything? Because this was a conversation that was happening in our Discord today. There was a little bit of everyone had a mixed emotions about this mm-hmm. quote from DeAndre. And he said, quote, we said what we needed to say without a team meeting, no extra gathering. We said it right here and with the coaches in it. Next game, everybody knows what the task is and everybody should know their damn assignment and know their damn role. Something, nothing, or everything. Nothing. 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 Headline, team angry after getting ass kicked, (laughs) talks to each other in locker room. Like, I mean, why is that something that's uh, that's anything out of the ordinary? I think it's normal to be upset after losing the way that they have a lot recently. And you don't need to kick the coaches out to say, hey, we sucked. Right. I'd be more concerned if we weren't getting reports like that, if they weren't saying shit to each other after this game, because at least they still have some competitive spirit in them. We need to see it on the court now more often. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's a good sign, if anything, that they're having conversations because... We, we've heard them say the same things over and over. We got to get our fight back. We got to get our edge back. Okay, but like now do it. Like now show it to us because the last couple of games, it's been very hit or miss in that regard. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of over the talk. Like shut the fuck up and do it. Like just do it. I'm so tired of like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, cool. Uh, it, it means a lot in the locker room when there's no adversity and there's nothing to stop you. Uh, but when you go out there and you're getting your teeth kicked in in the first quarter, and you're not responding, then what are you going to do? Now, now, how are you going to bounce back? And that's what I want to see tomorrow. I just want to see. I want listen. Da specifically needs to understand, and and I'll throw Mikhail in there too. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday about CP3, um, you know, and, and his leadership on this team. I feel like the baton should have been passed to. It, it, it has been passed to Devin Booker, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah. But now that Devin Booker's absent. It, it should have been passed on to Mikhail and DA, but in order for it to get passed, somebody's got to fucking take it. <laughs> and they're not. They're just sitting there and this fucking baton's just sitting on the floor and nobody wants wants to grab it and take the responsibility of being the leader on the team. And for DeAndre Aiden, who's making four years, $132.929 million, uh, he should be the one to step up and really take uh, uh, the the he should take the weight of the 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 play on his shoulders because mm-hmm. he's not doing that and he hasn't been doing that for the last several games and for me when Devin Booker comes back if this team is going to go anywhere DeAndre Ayton has to be the number two 
He has to, but he hasn't lived up to that expectation. And it's so hit or miss. He's so inconsistent. You don't know where you're going to get. He has played offensively at a higher level than than Mikhail Bridges. That's why I always defer to him as the number two right now, because there is no other option. Like it's basically by default. So until DA steps up his own game and leads by example, then like all the words that he's talking, they don't mean anything because nobody he has he might have the most talent of anybody on that fucking team right now, and he's doing very little with it. My, I would be more concerned too if they had a closed door meeting that didn't include the coaches because usually that means there's something more than just. <laughs> the play that's going wrong, and it involves the coaching staff. That's the only reason you lock the coaches out of what you're talking about is because you're talking about the coaches and in some cases. So I feel like I'd be a little bit more concerned if they're like, we had to have a players-only meeting again you know, and, and go through this stuff and, and really hammer it out. This sounds like normal talk in a locker room. It does, and yeah. I and I hope that they're able to get back to some kind type of even footing because even when Booker comes back, if the vibes are still terrible, if everybody in the locker room has gotten used to losing by then, Book coming back is not going to change a whole ton. Like you can see it on their faces. We've talked about the game seven PTSD that they have, but like when they get down, they just kind of wilt, and that's something that they need to start breaking that habit now and learning how to fight back because if Book comes back to a team that's 10 games under 500, it's not going to matter much. Friday, I think we see a, a more competitive Suns team because they'll be around Devin Booker again, and he can be that voice, even though he's not playing, mm-hmm. to start to rally the troops. He's not been on this trip. We talked about that yesterday. I think that has an impact because he has become the vocal leader with this group, and if he's not around, uh, that vacuum isn't being filled He'll be back uh, with the group on uh, on Friday. So. He's been on the team. He's been around the team before when he was injured before, um, when they've gotten molly whopped before. And it, I mean, I don't when? know how much of an impact. They didn't get molly whopped earlier in the season like this. The hamstring when his hamstring. Yeah, was not like this. This has been. They've stopped actually caring. It appears on the court in a lot of these games. So I'll say at least at least with Devin around, if he calls you up. As Monty likes to say, mm. you can't be like, you can't use the whole Chris Paul argument that we kind of discussed yesterday of, well, you're not doing it, so why should I sort of a situation? Or who are you to talk to me? Like, look at what you're doing right now. Because Devin walks the walk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if Devin calls you up, then you're like, damn, okay. You, you don't you don't really have a leg to stand on as far as like talking back to that in a way. So, My biggest takeaway is that you said that they're going to be fine for Friday, but we're basically screwed for tomorrow. No, well, <laughs> I, I mean, if we, why do we believe that they're going to be able to go out and do anything don't. against the Cavs? I, I don't. And I don't know that they're going to be world beaters on Friday, but I think you might see a little bit more heart and hustle because you're going to have that voice back in the room. Uh, the first Grizzlies game at home. When okay, so, absolutely- so once, but we didn't think they had completely given up that – I mean, they weren't competitive in that game. I know that. Yeah, but that was before we were like, oh, no, what's happening? It was like, damn, that sucked. Yeah. But now we're like, what's going on? That was also on the heels of when he was even healthy, them still getting fucking obliterated back-to-back by the Mavericks and the Celtics, too. Um, There's some bickering going on in the chat right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. You guys will be nice to each other. Take an OGs if you need a little help calming your nerves. (laughs) They are here for you guys. Also, I learned today, 
Oh, geez, has a new flavor coming out, you guys. Oh, yeah? Ooh, are you mm-hmm. so excited about this one? It's strawberries and cream. Ooh. I know. Orange creamsicle has been one of the, like, OG staple flavors. So strawberries and cream sounds very delightful. I hope that they'll have some of those, like you said, non-medicated samples out at our uh, watch party next Friday. Oh, they will be. Hopefully they will, because I really want to try the strawberry and cream, strawberries and cream flavor. And you can check out their new CBD THC, quote, happy balance ratio. Um, that's the flavor the strawberry and cream is. That's the type of gummy you'll get there. You can find them online at ogsbrands.com. You can find them at your local dispensary. But as always, uh, you must be 21 or older to enjoy, and we ask that you enjoy responsibly. We all very much need some happy balance right we now do. in terms of everything. I, I'm excited, though, to find some balance in my in my pocketbook. I, I want to get some of that cash back that I lost over uh, December in terms of buying gifts and uh, all the things that come with the holidays. And underdog fantasy is where I'm, I'm looking to make the gains there. I, I've talked about it. I love their pick em. I can't wait to get a little uh, action on tomorrow night's Suns game, uh, looking at hires and lowers. I think I'm going to take Donovan Mitchell higher than whatever number they have uh, oh, no. there tomorrow night coming off the big game with the Suns' depleted defense. Uh, I think I'm going to take Devin, or DeAndre Ayton higher on rebounds, though, because I feel like – he, he had a really, really rough game against New York. Usually that winds up being a motivating factor for him to come out and do something a little bit more efficient and effective in that next game. So I'm going to look at that. And if I add three more legs to that, I'm going to get 20 times my money if I hit on all five of them in the pick em. So I, where else can you get 20 times on your investment that easy? I mean, not very, very few places. So I'm going to do that with the Underdog Fantasy app. And if you're into daily fantasy, which is the only kind of fantasy I have left after <laughs> uh, getting bounced from my fantasy football, well, not even making my fantasy football <laughs> playoffs, you can... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what's happening with our fantasy football playoffs, unfortunately, after last night. Yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, because I, I had Joe Burrow and um, Joe Mixon, and I was down by 30 points to Shane, and I cut it to 20, and then... Uh, that tragedy happened, so I don't even. The, the The literal app is telling us we don't know what to do. Yeah, well, the league Fair. doesn't know what they're doing, but yeah. when you know that's that's the thing though. If you want to get your fantasy fixed because you don't know when that game's yeah. gonna be played, you can do a daily fantasy right now and, and play some hockey, some basketball. There's all sorts of options on the underdog fantasy app so get in there use that promo code phnx when you sign up and download the app and they will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars that's right a hundred shekels for free uh when you make your first deposit up to a hundred bucks there go download the underdog fantasy app today use that code phnx so the last question i have for you guys is do we have any all-stars this year on the team what say you Obviously, we know that Devin collectively is, in my opinion at least, worthy of being on the All-Star team. But is there any concern around how many games he'll have missed by the time he's back from this injury? Is there any concern that even though technically he should be reevaluated at the end of January, if that takes longer, he wouldn't even play in the All-Star game for whatever reason? I, I don't think he'll play in the All-Star game, and I don't know if he will get selected at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, Obviously, his stats would tell you that he should get selected. However, um, he won't get voted in. Um, I'm 
confident of that. I think, mm-hmm. I think now because of a jaw and um, I don't know, I don't know if Steph Curry will still get the vote or not, but um, you know, he would have to get the coaches approval. And if he's still injured at that point, the coaches wouldn't pick him. So. Right. Right. I, I think this might be a situation where, book may have done enough in the 29 games that he's played to earn a spot even out. And then he's like, someone is named an injury replacement. Like he was the first two times that he got in. Um, so he's an all-star in name, but not actually at or in the game. Um, Cause he has been great, like 27, six and five, basically on pretty solid shooting splits. And like we've been saying, you know, this period without him has shown how much he's carried this team and for the majority of the season to a top record in the West. Um, but outside of book, like I, I know D Deandre Ayton's going to be the name that we're going to talk about. Um, and to be fair, like in the West, the front court spots, there's not as many candidates as you would think. Cause you look at the numbers, like Carl Anthony towns has only played 21 games and he's been on a team with a losing record. Um, I know nuggets fans are pushing for Aaron Gordon, but I'm sorry, like 17 and seven, doesn't really do much for me. One kill though, too. One 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 man murder. There's but, been a murder. Like, <laughs> like, like Jeremy Grant. He's not. He's he's averaging twenty two and four. Um. So there's there's root wiggle room there, but I I just I don't know if I quite have him in. Man, if DA gets the All Star not this year, that'd be the weirdest All Star selection it in a really while. Really would be. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, well, cool, but also like, what? Yeah. I, I, I mean, but the rest of the world I, values DA more than we do. Oh yeah, our DMVR guys are always like, "Why do you guys hate DA? Yeah. Why does your fan base hate DA? What's wrong with DA? Like, we like him. We think he's good. He he always defends Jokic the best out of anybody, and blah blah blah. And I'm like. Well, except for last time. Except yeah. for last time. But, you know, <laughs> I don't, guarding him right now. it's, it's yeah, tough. Like DA for everything DA gives you good, he gives you bad. Mm. And that's the problem. That's the conundrum with DA and the, the, the expectation levels have obviously been so high since day one that he's just never been able to meet them uh, because of when you look at what the possibility could have been with Luca. And that's, what's always going to haunt DA until probably he leaves you this franchise or reaches the level of Luca's play. But because I just don't think as a Phoenix son, he's ever gonna be that guy. From a fan perspective? Yeah, or from I don't a think league the, wide perspective. I think, I think half the fan base will never ever Okay, ever I agree with you from a fan perspective, but when we're talking about players and coaches, I don't think that they I I would be surprised if a player was like yeah, DA is cool, but he should be better than Luca since he was number one. No, I, like, I don't think a player would really hold that over his head. No, and I think he benefits from when coaches and players are voting for it. They're not watching every second like we do. Yeah. They're not dissecting DeAndre Ayton's game uh, every night, night in, night out. They're remembering, oh, yeah, he dropped 30 on us. Or, oh, yeah, he's averaging 17, uh, you know, almost 10 and, and two, almost two assists, like, that's one of the better bigs in this league. Like, I think he benefits from that in this case here. I think if they had continued winning, if they had been, you know, if they were five, six games above 500, and they still could be when when the reserves are voted on, I think he may have uh, had a better chance. But with the way they're falling in the standings, I think that's going to hurt him and he'll finish outside. Right. So let's let's take a look at this because obviously the all-star rosters for the West, it's going to be two starting guards, 
three starting front court players. Then there's two guards, three front court spots, and two wild cards on the bench. So 12 total. Um, if you look at the starting guards, it's probably going to be John Morant and Luka Doncic. That would make mm-hmm. sense with Steph Curry hurt. Because oh, they're putting Luka as a guard? I believe Luka he can, can be, be voted as a guard. Pick I mean, um, your poison. Yeah. yeah, I believe he's eligible as a guard for voting purposes. Um, Steph Curry, Shea Gilgis Alexander, I feel pretty confident saying they're locks. Mm-hmm. Even with Curry hurt, he's going to get too many votes. Yeah. Um, so that's all of four of the guard spots. Then the front court, Nikola Jokic, LeBron James, those are no-brainers. Um, Zion, probably going to make it. Probably. Laurie Markinen, probably going to make it. He will because of the hometown thing. They're in Utah, so that'll right. definitely solidify his spot. So that leaves two wild card spots and one front court spot left. And then you have quite a few guys that you can choose from. Um, I ultimately went with Paul George and DeMontis Sabonis. Um, Paul George has played 29 games. He's missed some time, but he's been very good on a Clippers team that's has currently has a better record than the Suns. DeMontis Sabonis, he's putting up better stats in almost every category than DA on a team that's slightly better than the Suns, so he gets the edge for the time being. Um, DA was probably my next cut, and then wild cards. I've got Devin Booker and then De'Aaron Fox and Anthony Simons. One of them is the injury replacement there. Sabonis so could be... An, in, an injury candidate. I know he's playing, mm. but he might not want to participate in All-Star because of the, the hand injury, just in case. You know, to, Since yeah. it's an exhibition, it's nice to be named. You still get that credit, but why take the risk might be what comes up. And you're also soon. not accounting for uh, K-pop stands to vote in. The hand Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. Can't, no, can't we need to get a K-pop stand. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's Thank true. Goodness. Yeah, because voting is a little bit weird this year because – you can't vote on Twitter anymore. You have to go to NBA.com in order to vote, which means you have to sign up and do all that thing, which, listen, I'm in this boat as well, okay? Mm-hmm. Us Suns fans, we're not even that great when it comes <laughs> to just putting a hashtag on a tweet, let alone going and having to sign into something to send a vote. You don't yeah. want your NBA ID, Lindsay? I mean, come on. I need that saying, ID. I'm just saying we are all a little bit lazy sometimes when it comes to that. If you're voting outside of the U.S., do you get an NBA passport instead of an NBA ID, <laughs> or how does it work? I have no idea. Do you think Chris Paul will even be in the conversation? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you ain't got to do him like that. I mean, no. <laughs> no, I don't think Chris Paul will be in the conversation. If Melo gets signed today, he'll get more votes than Chris Paul. Oh, my God. <laughs> Damn. That's aggressive. <laughs> Damn. What about Damian Lee in the three-point contest? He should he at there. least be in the conversation? Yes. He should be. We'll see if he is. Cam Johnson was, I think, third or fourth in three-point percentage at the time last year, and he didn't get a nod, which was strange. So Damian Lee... Uh, apparently the Suns were like, you have to lead the league in three-point percentage to have a chance. I told you my dream three-point scenario this year, right? What's that? It's Damian Lee, oh, right. Seth Curry, mm-hmm. Steph Curry, <laughs> and then you bring Del Curry out to do it, and it's an all-in-the-family three-point contest because who the hell cares? It's just pointless exhibition. I mean, the three-point contest is better than the dunk contest now. I'll say that. It's more entertaining than the dunk contest. And it all means nothing. Yeah, but it's fun. Which really sucks because the dunk contest was so fun. Yeah, it was so fun until the NBA robbed Aaron Gordon twice. Then I was done with it. I had fun. Well, now I'm happy about it. I mean, <laughs> screwed Aaron Gordon. And then Aaron Gordon was like, you know what? I'll put my own dunk contest on in this game against you, the Suns. You're reveling in Landry Shamit's demise. Is I've said this before, painful. and I will say it again. 
Aaron Gordon getting robbed in the dunk contest gave us one of the best music videos of all time. By best, you mean worst. No. Yes. Cringy. Yes. That brought <laughs> so much joy to my life. So I, have, I literally it watched fire. it. I watched it last month. Oh, man. Like, I... that. I've told you guys what my top two pieces of NBA content all time are. Mm -hmm. That's definitely at least top 15 for me. Wait, what are the top two pieces? My top piece of NBA content was the Blake Griffin with all of the guys doing the sketch when they like lockout stuff. Him. No, no, no. The lockout sketches yeah. where they were like, do you need somebody to get things off tall shelves? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're available. Okay. Would you pay yeah. $500,000 for this? <laughs> yeah. Would you pay $17 million <laughs> for this? And it was like old infomercial kind of yeah. stuff. Oh, okay. my God. Fantastic. And then um, Sergi Baca and OG arguing about scarves. Yes. And then I never the, seen the chaos that. that happened afterward with them arriving to the arenas, definitely second best piece of NBA content. Okay. If you guys haven't watched any of these things and looked into all the things, you should absolutely do it. I probably watch both of those things yeah. at least once or twice a year. I okay. disagree with you. This is the best piece of NBA content that's ever been made. Right <laughs> this one right here, this, this one specific right episode. Wait, our podcast? Our podcast right here. Oh, this one today. Yeah. Uh, hello. Like, yeah, can we scroll that. back up? Hello <laughs> made the most astute thing <laughs> observation. Espo sold his soul to the devil during the off season, and this is what it sold <laughs> <laughs> was like, we I'm going to need more on that. <laughs> we back. Wow, this soul's more used you're, than I expected. Your soul bounced. <laughs> we're, we're gonna need I'm going to need something else. We're going to need some soul meter in it. All of Suns fans' wait, souls as collateral. Wait, That's this great. man has no soul. What deal did I make? <laughs> All right. And then the last thing before we say goodbye, another super chat from Trevor. Trevor, thank you for your super chat. They said, will you guys be somewhat happy if we win tomorrow? Which means on the road trip, we beat the Grizzlies and the Cavs and almost beat the Nuggets. I mean, my, my personal happiness is not dependent on the Suns. I'll just throw that out there now. Man, but what therapist do you use? Because I can really yeah. use that. It's, it's healthy. But <laughs> yes, I mean, obviously, if they beat the Cavs tomorrow, that'd be a great sign because they have been competitive at times on this road trip. It's the longest road trip of their season. It's not just a lot of games, but a long time to be away from home and traveling. Um, but just the inconsistency and effort that we've seen has been worrisome to me because it's one thing if you're going out there and you're just shorthanded and you're fighting your ass off every night and you're just losing games. But there have been games where they're just completely not competitive and they get their shit kicked in in the first quarter. I wrote about this on GoPHNX.com. For New Year's resolutions, one of them has to be getting off to better starts because they're always in a hole and they have the worst point differential in the NBA in the first quarter since the beginning of December. So it's just little things like that that can be solved with a matter of effort and defense and things that they have normally been good at that we haven't been seeing. So that's why I'm concerned. But yeah, if they win, obviously that's great. It's still not a good road trip and they're still in a pretty precarious position right now. Yeah, two and four with a lack of effort. Uh, being happy about that's a loser mentality. I refuse to uh, be happy about uh, about that with where your expectations were this year, and even with with the circumstances, two and four with how how lackluster you looked in in a lot of those losses uh, is more concerning than anything. It, I'd much rather they come back two and four than one and five, but I'm not I'm not going to get happy about it. I mean, they played close in the game. They beat the the Grizz, and then they get. 
absolutely destroyed by some below average teams like I uh, no the Wizards I, yeah that's not gonna that doesn't mean shit to me and I guess I should clarify it's not necessarily effort it's execution I think they're trying hard that's, but I do think they got demoralized like in the Knicks game when shots weren't falling and then their effort fell off yeah. like you got to execute the game plan I mean call me a loser I'll be happy if they win tomorrow loser <laughs> I mean damn shit I'm tired <laughs> of losing post game shows are you kidding me I'm tired of the music they're annoying as hell we all argue the chat argues I want to have a fun post game show where I we can would... be happy about one thing Lindsay, I would like if, that of all of us you should have the experience of dealing with losses at such a high <laughs> yes and I'm over it Why? I'm over it I don't want to go back to that place fight me bro <laughs> <laughs> damn music give in <laughs> give in to the dark side like I, I don't understand how you guys would be i i don't get it i understand not being happy overall but like mm. you're really gonna oh. not be happy tomorrow night if we win the well, question was about the road trip that was not the question the of the road trip yeah i'm yeah, not gonna be happy not, about the road trip no. but i'll be happy about the win i'll be happy they won yeah but not not overall mm. Not mm. overall, but like, I mean, I still would be fine overall with it. <laughs> On purpose. No, I would still be fine with it overall. With the road trip? I would be fine with it if it continues. Like if this win starts like a new trajectory. <laughs> adding more levels to the question. There's levels to this. There's, Lindsay there's just not. wants to win. She's like, no, 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 I'm okay with it if we win the championship. <laughs> but if... <laughs> If it doesn't mean anything, that, that's what? No. I can understand, Lindy. You're not that far removed from having been within the walls with the losing seasons. I, I'm, I'm almost a decade beyond that. I'm feeling a little bit better than the time. I get that you have some uh, remnant, uh, you know, remnants of that still in you. So any win you cling on to yeah, for dear life. Exactly. <laughs> You can't take them for granted. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was a fun show. I don't know if this was the best show we've ever had, but it was a fun show. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's Lindsay. It's a callback to Espo saying this is the best piece of content we've ever done. Uh, it's not. In NBA history. Oh, even that. Oh we've definitely had better shows than this. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad she did this at the end and not the beginning. This is going to be did a shit not, show. Did Gotta we look. not give uh, Lindsay her bonus this year? What is going on right my here? Friend, I feed her. Am I not allowed to be honest? Oh my gosh. Sorry. I, I thought these three sucked, but uh, I was great I is what Lindsay said. I did not exclude myself from that analysis oh either. I'm just saying. I'd love January and Phoenix. There's shade everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> but Lindsay's tanking for her own draft pick. She's, it wasn't that good, guys. Oh, but you know what is good? You guys could have been better. You know what's really good? Us. Mountain Mike's Pizza. No. Mountain Mike's Pizza is delightful. They dropped it off for lunch today, which was a very pleasant surprise um, because it normally comes on Mondays. This week it came on Tuesday, and I was so stoked to walk into the office today and be greeted so, by boxes of Mountain Mike's Pizza. I was about to say, have you not been here before? <laughs> no, but I just assumed it, would, it was here yesterday. Um, they also gave us some wings and a salad and a couple other things. They're delightful. If you guys have not checked out Mountain Mike's Pizza, I highly recommend. You can find them at mountainmikespizza.com or they have locations in Mesa and Tucson. So check it out. Place your next order. Get pizza tonight for dinner. Plans already figured out. And a reminder, new diehards get $50 voucher upon signing up. So it's another added value of being a diehard. That's a lot of pizza. That's a lot of pizza. 
Okay. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. For Saul, Gerald, and I, we performed the best we ever had. <laughs> Lindsay's questionable. Hoi, hoi. Style is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsay, Gerald, Espo. Saul passed the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. Y'all always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B. Always on the job. My team move like the mob. Turn the beat on. I throw it down.